Hello, and welcome to the River Audio Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We believe God has something unique to say to you, and our hope is that you feel His love stronger today than ever before. Enjoy the message. If you've got your Bibles, we're going to go to the Gospel of Luke in chapter 15, and uh, I usually am in King James or Amplified, sometimes ESV. I pulled this one from NIV, and you'll recognize the, you'll recognize the area of Scripture we're in. Suppose a woman has ten silver coins... I was going to bring a big silver dollar so I could hold it up and everybody would remember this part. I forgot. Suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Amen. (laughs) We're going to pray. Usually I do this prayer part, but I want to invite everybody to pray with me. As I pray today, um, I just I'm just sensing that there is real spiritual resistance to what we are doing, and specifically, and you know, when we come here, we bring stuff with us. We bring the office with us, and we bring home with us. And we bring all kinds of things with us. I'm not trying to make everything in the world a demon, uh, but I do believe that the devil is after us and wants to stop us. And I do believe that even without the devil's help, the things that get on our mind, uh, how many of you know you can pick up on the energy of a person? And so you have a 100 different people with a 100 different problems, and we all come into the same room, and we're trying to come into one mind and one accord with the Holy Spirit. But we pick up on each other, what's sitting around us, and we remember the different things that are going on. But how many of you know if we're going to get out of this what God is giving to us, we need to let distractions go, and we need to all zero in together. So as I pray... I want everybody to pray with me. And those of you that pray out loud, feel free to pray out loud. We are going to pray for this message today, but we are going to pray against that which is working against us. Amen? Can we stand and grab the hand of somebody close to you? And let's just take authority over this. Let's all be in agreement. If we can all stand and all join hands And let's be in agreement on this. And we're just going to pray against anything coming against this. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Come on, saints, and pray with me. Open your mouth. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. 
And Father, we mark this resistance. We mark this opposition. That which is spiritual, and Father, that which is simply soulish, that which is simply carnality, that which is simply human and simply on our minds, the busyness and the chaos and the distraction, and Father, that feeling of being tired, and Father, that dark cloud that's trying to cover us and come against us, Father, we come against it right now in the name of Jesus. We declare right now that we're going to put our minds on Jesus. We declare right now we're going to put our eyes and our heart on Jesus. Jesus. Father, we ask that you would give us clarity, that you would help us to breathe, that you would help us to see, that you would help us to hear. And right now, any spirit coming against this, we tell it to get out in the name of Jesus. We drive every spirit out that's not of him. And God, we thank you. Father, help us today as we hear your word. Help me to preach this word. Help me to do it in the plainest terms possible, that it would get you the most glory. Father, that it would accomplish the most for your work. And Father, what you do in me for speaking, do in all of us for hearing, that we would understand. Father, that we would take it and mix it with faith, that it would profit us something. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now shout and give God a crazy praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Ash, give me just a little more. We didn't know where it would be because I'm, I'm closer to it now. And so I just need just a tiny bit more on mine. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. This, thank you, that's great. This scripture, Jesus is making a point here. And he uses something that's so common. He uses something that we can all relate to. He says, suppose, suppose a woman has 10 silver coins. Now, he's not talking about a quarter. He's talking about silver. This, these are not the coins that she's going and dropping at the market every day for a bushel of apples. This is like jewelry. This is something about... These are the coins you keep in the little box in the back of your drawer. She's got 10 silver coins. Maybe they're an investment to her. Maybe they're for later. And she loses one. She loses one. Years ago... I was going through some change from my pocket, and there was a quarter that looked really, really old. And I looked, and it said 1894. 1894. It was a silver coin. And I looked that quarter up, and it was worth uh, just over $500. And so I kept it. And I thought, later, this will be worth even more. And it would be right now. At one point, we moved from one house to another house. And somewhere in that move, that quarter disappeared. 
And I had wished so much that I would not have waited to take it to a collector, but that I would have gone ahead. And I really grieved. I really grieved over that silver coin that happened into my hand just by chance and would have been $500 for 25 cents. So here is this lady, and she has lost one of her silver coins that's precious to her. And she did not respond by saying, oh, well, I've got nine more, whatever. Maybe it'll turn up. Maybe it won't. No, she kept looking for it even after the sun went down. We know because she lit a lamp. She wasn't going to stop. And we know that she swept the whole house. She did everything to look in every place to find her valuable coin. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors, which means she had probably already notified them and said, help me. Be watching for this. So she did everything she could do in order to find that which was precious to her that was not in her hand, but that she wanted. Have you ever lost something that was valuable to you? Have you ever lost something that was precious to you? Maybe it was that piece of jewelry. Maybe it's an important document that you need. And so you don't look for it lightly, but you tell everybody in your house that it's missing. And the first thing you do is you retrace your steps of where you think you lost it. But when it's not there, then you have to start considering, maybe I did something that I don't remember, and you're willing to look anywhere. You're looking crazy places that maybe it couldn't have even, you, you know what I'm saying? You're turning everything upside down. Now you're, you're looking at it when you go to the office and you're looking at it when you're at the school thinking maybe I'm, you're willing to lay aside everything else to pursue that thing which you're after. Have you ever done that? How many of you lost something but you did find it? You remember a piece of jewelry or something. How long did you look for it? Anybody two hours? Well, you got off easy. How many of you are still looking for something? How long will you look? You probably won't give up. You probably keep looking. Where, where did you look for it? What links did you go to? How did you go about looking for it? Just calm? And casual? Or did you get all worked up and frantic? And you are going to do anything to find it. Pursuit. Somebody shout pursuit. pursuit. Webster's gives several interesting definitions for pursuit. The first is to follow... In order to overtake, capture, kill, <laughs> or defeat. Now, let's drop that kill and defeat off, and let's just say to follow in order to overtake or to capture. To follow. 
The second one says this, to find or employ measures to obtain or accomplish. So the first one says, I'm following after this thing until I conquer it. But the second one says, I'm going to find different measures. I'm going to employ different techniques, different tactics to obtain something, to accomplish something, pursuit. Number three, to proceed along. This shows to be continual. This shows to be consistent. Number four, to engage in. And that shows attention. To follow up or proceed with. Pursuit. I want us to just think about the word pursuit and everything it means to pursue something. To pursue something means to go after it. To pursue something means to follow it. To pursue something means to engage with that thing and to get whatever technique you need to obtain it. I am pursuing it. Pursuing it. Let me ask it like this. Did you ever need information in order to accomplish something that you wanted to do? Did you ever have a thing you, a thing you wanted to do in your life? Maybe it was a long-term thing. Maybe it was a short-term thing. Maybe it was a big deal. Maybe it was a simple hobby. Maybe it was a life hack. Maybe it was something just to make things around the house simpler. But you needed information in order to accomplish a task or a goal or a desire. Probably all of us. Now, let me ask, when you needed that information, what did you do to get the information? Did you spend any time on the Internet? Probably. It's probably the first thing you did. Did you make any phone calls? Called somebody that's done it before you. You called somebody that you know has that information. Did you ask any questions? Did you talk to anyone that had experience in that subject? You know, you can save a lot of time learning from somebody that's been there before, so you don't have to make the same mistakes that they did. You can bypass all of that. We, we call that school. No, I'll just learn it on my own. I'll start where they started, and I'll end up where they ended up. Rather than standing on the shoulders of giants and starting where they finished and going further than they were ever able to go. Anybody spend any money going to school to get that information? <laughs> we always get several, yep. <laughs> like they're not happy about the money spent, and then they change what they were, and then they change what they're going to do. Uh, a friend of mine, he's been in school for the past six years for uh, nursing and connected subjects, and now he is a, uh, oh, shoot, what do you go see instead of a doctor now? Nurse practitioner. And so he's finally getting ready to graduate here in a few months and got it all, man, he's been at it for a long time, working hard. And I didn't realize how far along he was, and I asked him the other day, I was like, how much longer you got? He's like, this is it. This is it. He said, I'm down to it. I said, oh, that's great. I said, so you graduate, and then that's that. That's what you're going to do. He's like, well, 
I said, what? He's like, man, things are so crazy right now. He said, crazy in hospitals and with the whole medical industry and this and that. He's like, I don't know if I want to be part of all that. (laughs) I said, well, that's all your schooling is all that, right? Yeah. I said, how long? He's like, well, over six years now. I said, well, what do you want to do instead? He said, well, I'm thinking about starting some kind of a business. We spend a lot of money to get information. Come on. He'd been pursuing it for a long time anyway. How about, how about health and fitness? How about better health and fitness? You have a goal. You got something you want to accomplish. Maybe it's simply for weight loss, or maybe it's maybe it's not the weight. Maybe it's the health. You say, "I got to be around for my kids. I've got to. I got to feel better." Have you ever pursued health and fitness? Well, what'd you do? You you learned about the right foods, and you had to go get the right foods. And how many of you know it takes longer to prepare and eat the right stuff? Come on. Listen, the whole country is still going to be fat and sick as long as a salad is $10 and a McDonald's cheeseburger is about a buck. It's so easy. It's so easy to be unhealthy. You pay for it later. Good health you pay for now. You have to pay for it now. Pursuit. You have to put some effort in. You have, I don't know what's going on in kids' church, but I hope everyone is alive. They might have, they might have Gabe hogtied and tape, duct taped to the wall or something over there. I love those sounds. That's, that's a good sound. You've got to put in some intention. You've got to put in some energy. You've got to put in some blood, sweat, and tears. How many of you know that anything worth having is worth working for? If you don't want to work for it, you're probably not going to have anything too valuable. Anything worth keeping is worth fighting for. Pursuit. Somebody shout pursuit. One time... And I'd shared this in leadership prayer a few weeks ago, but one time, Mike Murdoch, who has written thousands and thousands of our most popular hymns and worship songs, even if you don't know his name, you know the songs. And he was sitting at World Harvest Church with Pastor Rod Parsley, and he was, Mike was playing the piano, Dr. Murdoch, I should say, was playing the piano. And Pastor Parsley came over and he said, I wish I could play the piano like that. Dr. Murdoch said, no, you don't. He said, well, yes, I do. He said, no, you don't. He said, yes, I do. He said, I've always wanted to play the piano. He said, no, you haven't. Pastor Parsley began to get very frustrated. He said, I certainly do. He said, I have always wanted to play the piano. I want to be able to play the piano. Dr. Murdoch said, ever take a lesson? He said, no. 
You ever sit down at the piano? Did you ever get in a music book? You... No? He said, desire is revealed in pursuit. He said, you do not want to play the piano. He said, you like the idea of playing the piano. He said, if you wanted to play the piano, you'd be taking piano lessons and you'd be practicing. Pursuit. We talk about a lot of things we want, but we go after the stuff we actually want. If I can spend five minutes with you talking to you about your life, I'll tell you what you actually want versus what you like the idea of. Come on, somebody. Pursuit. To pursue something is not casual. To pursue something, pursuit does not sit by waiting to pursue something is to go after it. Somebody say, go after it. To pursue something is to go after that thing. You push through the uncomfortability. You climb through ditches and over mountains. You plow through the hard stuff. You face the adversity. You don't run from the trouble. You don't bail out. You don't throw in the towel. You don't jump ship quickly. You pull yourself up by the bootstraps and you keep on marching and you go after what you really want. And it's called pursuit. That's what it means to pursue something. Well, I wish that would have worked out for me. It worked out for them. They have. You didn't go after it. You didn't pursue it. You liked the idea of it, but you liked sitting at home more and hoping that the mailman would deliver it to you. But the most valuable things in my life, UPS can't bring it. FedEx can't bring it. I've got to leave my house and do whatever needs done and go after it to find it. To find it. Last night, Rose and I were looking at Google Earth, traveling the whole world. It's awesome. I love it. I started at Fish Creek in Door County, and we ended up at the Jordan River, and we went to Japan, and we went to Hawaii. I said, you know, hundreds of years ago, people gave up their lives sailing on ships for months and years just to find this and make a map. I said, now here we lay in the bed, pulling an actual photograph up. We went to the Statue of Liberty, and there were people in the picture. Isn't that neat when you're there when the Google car comes by? <laughs> and you know that somebody somewhere is going to pull up that location, and there you are. We just do that on our phone with ease, but they had to pursue it. They had to sacrifice for it. They had to give something up. And thank God they did. Or we wouldn't have that. 
we wouldn't have it. Pursuit. Did you ever want to be really good at something? Maybe a sport? Maybe an art? Maybe a job you wanted to go into? What did you do? You practiced. You practiced over and over and over and over again. And when it didn't work the first time, you didn't say, well, that doesn't work, so I'm done with that. Or maybe you did. You said, no, I'm going to figure this out. I know this can work. I know this can happen. I'm not stopping. I'm, I'm going to work this until it works. You pursued it. You watched the masters. You want to know how to do something, you go and watch the person that's the best at it. If you want to play basketball, you watch. It's what you do. How did he do that? How did he lean? Where did he put his weight? When did he jump? Why did he wait? What is he? You watch it over and over again. If you want to know how to paint, you start watching Bob Ross. Or Ben Lashley. <laughs> yeah. I think Bob Ross used to watch Ben Lashley videos. <laughs> if you want to play guitar, you watch Jimi Hendrix and Eric Clapton and Jimmy Page. and Yeah. You go to those that have gone before, and you watch, and you listen, and you soak. If you want to know how to be a great boxer, you watch Muhammad Ali. Float like a butterfly, steam like a bee. Muhammad Ali would tell you, I'm the greatest there's ever been. I guess you can say that if you are. You saturate yourself with it. You learn everything that you can about it. You try to mimic what you're seeing. You rehearse it. You go through it. Even when you lay in bed at night, you're practicing in your mind. That's what you do when you want something. Anybody want anything? Shout pursuit. Are we getting a big picture of what it means to pursue something, what it means to go after something? Now, amen. So now the question becomes, how many of us want the will of God for our lives? Would our pursuit evidence that? Shut up. Don't ruin my point. <laughs> How many of us want the will of God for our lives? How many of us want his victory, his plan, his purposes, his way? How many of us really want our lives to accomplish God's plan and God's heart? Well, are we pursuing it? Let's not be too quick to say that we are. Because in what ways are we pursuing it? By sitting and hoping it will fall into our lap? 
You know, coming to church would be a great place to start. Opening a Bible would be a great place to start. Praying would be a great place to start. The whole world system is working every moment of every day against our victory. The prince of the power of the air, spiritual principalities and powers of darkness in high places are resisting us, are opposing us, are trying to stop us. You are never going to win by accident. You are never going to accidentally succeed. Matthew 11 and verse 12. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The violent take it by force. Listen, if the violent are taking what they want by force, if the enemy is trying to take everything that he wants, it is time for the children of God to stand up and start taking what Jesus Christ paid for, for us. Do you know who finds the will of God and who makes an impact in the earth? Do you know who lives in God's victory? Matthew 6 and 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Proverbs 8 and 17, I love those who love me. Those who seek me early and diligently will find me. Don't you wish there was a verse that said, those who seek me when trouble shows up and they have nothing left. <laughs> nope. We don't want anything to do with God. We don't want anything to do with his way. We don't want anything to do with living for him until we need him. But he said, this is who finds me. Those that find me are the ones that seek me early. Those that find me are the ones that study before the test. Christians don't start studying until the test comes. Life throws a test at you. The enemy throws a trial at you, and then you run to God. And God says, uh, actually, I was teaching that at the beginning of the year. God says, I, I, I taught that in the vision on New Year's Sunday. So I can't, I'm, I'm not stopping to teach anything right now. Now we're in a different mode. Now I'm doing this. I'm not changing my plan because... You were doing your own. God says, I already had my year planned out. I already had the day planned out. Now, I've got mercy for you, and I've got grace, and I love you. But God says, this is what I was doing there, so you're going to have to hold on real tight and ride. 
Hold on to your faith. Those who seek me early will find me. It's a Bible verse. Those who seek me diligently will find me. Yeah, you know, sometimes I read a little, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I pray, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I go to church, sometimes I don't. Those who seek me diligently will find me. Early and diligently. God says, listen, everybody wants God for what he can do, and nobody wants him for who he is. So we don't have anything to do with him until we need him, and now we only want his hand. We don't want his heart. Now we're seeking his help, and we're not seeking his face. But he said, I'm looking for those that will worship me in spirit and in truth. God's not just looking to hand out help to those who want help. He's looking to hand out life to those that want him. This is who finds God, those who seek him early. Start seeking him now. Start seeking who he is. Start seeking his purpose, not his help for your purpose. Matthew 7 and 7. Ask and keep on asking, and it will be given you. Too many times we stop after we ask once and he didn't answer. But there's actually a Bible verse that says ask and keep asking. He says it'll be answered after you keep asking. Seek and keep seeking, and you'll find. Knock and keep knocking, and the door will be open to you. You got to keep knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. You got to ask, you got to seek, you've got to knock, you've got to ask and keep asking, seek and keep seeking, knock and keep knocking. Somebody shout pursuit. You know who else knows something about pursuing what they want? Romans 5 and 8. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You say, man, I, I don't deserve it. Nope, but you're still worth it. We don't deserve it, but he considered us worth it. He left heaven. You wouldn't leave heaven for me, but Jesus did. He left heaven. He put up with earth. Over and over again, he said, how long do I have to put up with you people? He said it. How long do I have to suffer with you? He left heaven. He put up with earth. He went all the way to the cross. Peter said, you think you're under pressure? He said, none of you have gone to the point of blood yet. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. And then he rose again. And then he gave instruction. And then he went to heaven. But he didn't stop there. Then he sent the Holy Spirit. 
to come after you. In 1893, Francis Thompson wrote the 182-line poem, The Hound of Heaven, where he tells every way that he tried to run away from God over the years. But God in his love just would not stop pursuing him. He tried to fight against God. He tried to get away from God. He tried to sin so much that God would leave him alone. In God, unscathed by his sin, God not scared by his actions, God not deterred by his obstinance, God kept running hard after him. And caught him. So he lovingly calls the Holy Spirit the hound. (laughs) I learned that from Stan. (laughs) He calls him the hound. The hound of heaven. Stan the beagle. When he picks up a scent, he does not stop. Several nights ago, I took him out before bed. And we always walk across the yard to the edge of the woods. And you know that dog, he, he will not poop in the yard. Thank you, Jesus. And I stand at the edge of the woods, and he goes and does his thing and comes back. So several nights ago, walk up to the edge, and I knew he, he, he had to go. I knew he had to go. And as I got to the edge, something came out of the brush and ran past me. I can't figure out what it was, actually, because it, I would say it was a rabbit, but it wasn't like a rabbit. I don't, I don't know what it was. I might not, not want to know what it was. Anyway, it ran past me, and Stan forgot about his business. Stan forgot about his business, and that dog took off faster than I have ever, ever seen him go after anything. I don't know where it came from. And that thing ran straight back to the house under the deck. And there went Stan. You couldn't see out there, but he followed it. And he went under there and he looked. I never saw it come out. I guess it did, though, because after Stan went under and across, Stan came out following a line that I couldn't see. I don't know what that animal, that mystery animal, I don't know what it did, 
But for four nights now, when we go out, he follows that trail smelling. It's still there. It's amazing. When he picks up on something, he is in hot pursuit. He is after it to figure out what it is. He leaves everything that he was doing for himself and goes after the one thing that was trying to get away. Pursuit. Matthew 18, 11 and 12. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, will he not leave the 99 on the mountain and go in search of the one that is lost? Whatever else he's doing, when there's one that doesn't know him, it gets God's attention. And he'll go after the one that's running from him. He'll go after the one that's working against him. Do you know how God feels about you? He wants you so much that he pursued you. Because you weren't looking for him. You didn't come and find him where he was. He came and found you where you were. This is how God feels about you. No one went looking for him. He came looking for you. Romans 3 and 10, as it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. And yet, and yet, he says, recorded in John 15, you did not choose me, but I chose you. I chose you and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask, in the, ask the Father in my name, he may give it you. Luke 19 and 10, the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. He comes to win over those that don't want him. It is mirrored by a young man who wants the attention of a young lady who isn't interested. So he begins to pursue her. He finds out everything he can, and he goes after her to win her heart. Jesus considers you a prize, and he has come after you to win your heart. Romans 2 and 4. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness in forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads thee to repentance. I don't want to despise the riches of his goodness. I don't want to forbear his longsuffering. I want to pursue the one that has never stopped pursuing me. 
I want to pursue that one. Paul said it this way, Philippians 3 and 12. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. If that, I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Paul says, I want to grab hold of that which grabbed hold of me. He said, God got a hold of me, and I want to get a hold of God. I want to apprehend that which apprehended me. You know, salvation is not the end of your search for God. It's the beginning of your search for God. Pursuit. Pursuit. How much time do we give to include God in our day? How much room does God have in the stuff you listen to on the radio? How much space does the Holy Spirit have to work in the things that you watch on television? The stuff that you watch on television... Does it edify you in the things of the Spirit and grow you as a believer? Does it help you to think like God thinks? The stuff you listen to on the radio, is it programming your mind to think spiritually, to look at the world how God looks at it, to view relationships how God views relationships? Are you filling yourselves with things that program you for the kingdom of God and righteousness? We have learned today what pursuit means. Are we doing that? Some will search the internet for hours for an outfit. How much time do we give God reading His Word so He can answer? The thing that we asked him. God, please answer. And then we don't do anything to get that answer. We want God to answer us through whatever we want to do. We keep our face buried in a phone. We keep our ears full of whatever's going on around us. How much room does he have? We say we want his help. Are we pursuing it? We say we want his answer. Are we pursuing it? We say we want his way. Are we pursuing it? Is anyone pursuing God? What would happen? If every Christian would set aside 30 minutes, just 30 minutes, if you want to know how long 30 minutes is, pull up your daily screen time and know that 30 minutes is a lot less than that. What if every Christian would offer God 30 minutes a day? 
just to go in a room and shut the door and say from their heart, Holy Spirit, I want to meet with you. Would you draw me close? Would you empty me of me and fill me with you? And then just start thanking God for every single thing you can think of. And then open a Bible and hear him talk. Pursuit. What if... What if we started acknowledging the fact that God is standing right here and started behaving accordingly? If anyone else was standing right here, it would be rude to act like they weren't. If your family member was standing here, if your neighbor was standing here, if your friend was standing here, it would be rude to act like they weren't. You would respect that they were present. You would speak. And you would listen. Or maybe some of you wouldn't. Because I've been around some of you. (laughs) You would acknowledge them. Somebody shout acknowledgement. Proverbs 3 and 6. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Pursuit. God is pursuing you. Will you pursue him? He's chasing you. Will you quit running? Will you throw up your arms and surrender? He's here. Will we acknowledge him? Singers, musicians, would you come? As they're coming and just before we open the invitation... I feel like the Lord gave me this. I feel like he told me to do this right here that I'm getting ready to hand you. I've written a little paper, little thing. It's called Pursuing God, a Simple Guide to a Powerful Relationship with the Lord. Prepare, Seek, Receive. Could I get somebody that would... Hand these out to everybody who wants one. Thank you, Jeremy and Tim. Thank you so much. A relationship with God is not complicated. We just have to decide. I'm not saying there aren't complicated things in your relationship. This says prepare. Number one, choose a time. Pick a time. Pick a time of day. Now, don't pick a time that you already know is filled. 
Don't pick a time when you know the phone starts ringing every day at that time. Don't pick a time. Don't set yourself up for failure. Look at your day and ask yourself, what part of the day is a day that's the least distracted? Now, maybe there's no time without distraction, but set yourself up for the best one you got. Choose a time. And then pick an amount of time, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever. But do something. And then choose a place. Don't choose Grand Central Station. You know where your kids are running through. For a long time, my place was in the bathtub with the shower curtain closed and the door locked and the exhaust fan on to drown out the noise. Choose a place. I've been putting on, when I read and pray, I've been going to YouTube and looking up relaxing cabin rain fireplace. You'll thank me. You will thank me. Or pick ocean or, or some reading music or what. Put something on that will just fill the empty space, but after a few minutes you don't even notice it's on. Set yourself up for success. Choose your stuff. Make sure you've got a Bible in there. Make sure you've got a notebook, pens, highlighters. If you use lexicons and dictionaries and concordances, have them there. Have them there. And listen, you can do it on your phone if you want, but the whole time you're on your phone, you know notifications are going to be popping up. So maybe go back to paper and leave the phone somewhere else. That's up to you. Seek. Welcome God in that time. Go to that place at that time and say out of your mouth. I, put, I even put a little sample prayer. God, I want to meet with you. Would you meet with me during this time? Welcome him. Invite him. Number five, praise and worship. This doesn't require music. You should be thanking God for everything all the time. Start thanking God for everything. Number six, prayer. If you keep a prayer list, you know, people always tell you, hey, pray for me about this. If you're a person that writes those things down to keep, this is when you get that out. And you say, God, I'd like to bring these names before you right now. God, my cousin's been going through this. My, my friend has been sick. So-and-so's going through a financial strain. This person needs the family of the church. And say those names to God and pray for them. And don't forget to give him your list too. Everything that's been going on in your mind, in your life, in your heart, pray. When you get through that part, you open the Bible and you read. Read the Bible. Get something every day. Get something in there every day. A couple weeks ago, Lisa came into work and showed me her one-year Bible. It's the coolest thing. It's a one-year Bible. It's a paper Bible. But it has January 1st. You start reading. January 2nd. You just read. It's, it's, a, it's just a Bible. It's a Bible. But you read that day. Maybe 15 minutes. And in one year, you read the whole Bible. 
I bought one. I, I got one that wasn't so sissy like hers, but hers comes with crayons or something, you can color or something. You know. But anyway, listen, I, I strongly suggest some type of a Bible reading plan. That way you're not just shooting from the hip. And you might have a more specific study. Maybe you have a Bible study about a specific topic. Great. Don't make a rule out of this. Don't make a law out of it. I'm offering up a guide. To read the Bible. That one I that one that I bought cost $15. It's broke up into days. It's awesome. The very most important thing in your Bible reading is that you read slowly. You're not supposed to read the Bible fast. It's not a contest for how much you can read in a day. It's not a contest for how fast you can finish it. Read the Bible slowly. The Bible is designed. We think the Bible is supposed to give us answers. The Bible was designed to make you question. When you get done reading it, you're supposed to have more questions than answers. Oh, it answers things that lead to more questions. Why? Because God didn't design it so you could punch the clock and say, I read it. He designed it to get you talking to him. The Bible is supposed to foster relationship with God. The Bible is supposed to cause you to wonder, supposed to cause you to doubt, supposed to cause you to question, supposed to cause you to wrestle, and also to answer. If you've ever read and then you start battling doubts and you feel bad about yourself, don't. It's working. It's working. You're thinking. That's what's supposed to happen. We're supposed to be thinking and seeking God. I hope this guide will help somebody. I hope this will help somebody. Fold that in half and tuck it in your favorite Bible, whatever you're going to read every day. Get it out and just glance over it. Pretty soon you'll just be doing this. You'll just be doing it. Let's be a church that pursues Thanks again for listening to the River Audio Podcast. We hope that these weekly sermons are an encouragement to your life. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at theriverworshipcenter.org and on Facebook and Instagram at The River.